is the Under Center Podcast. Hello and welcome to the special edition of the Under Centre Podcast. I'm your host, of course, Dara Mar, joined by the Malloy Brothers, Reen and Fionn. Lads, as always, it's great to have you on. Wonderful to be back, Dara. I'm glad you haven't fired us yet. Yeah, for me, same shit, different shovel, but at least we're one week closer to football, so I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, because it is game week and that's the important thing. And that's why we're having this show today, because we are going to do a North Dublin Pirates 2023 season preview. And we thought, who better to have on the show than our very own head coach, Ross Neville. Ross, how are you? It's very weird to call you Ross and Neville and not call you coach for that introduction. So that's the only time I'm going to say. Thank God, because that was weird. Um, (laughs) Great to be here. Um, Happy to answer any questions that you may have. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm sure it's weird to say call me by Dara and not gobshite normally <laughs> than you do a training. Or it's, will you it's, move it's gobshite? You actually run. <laughs> like I said, worst part of my day is the warm-ups. It's never going to change. This is true. Apart from the new warm-ups, actually. I do like those new warm-ups. Yeah. How would you know? You haven't arrived on time for them at all. We need to get on to Adam to make them more strenuous, I think, if they're if they're better than the ones we had previously. No, they're they're just a bit quicker, and uh, Derek can see them as he's walking across the the fields to get himself. They're ready, more so. obvious from the car. He knows exactly. when to deal with the car when he sees them going the two lines. Exactly. I used to be able to see that. I can't anymore now. I just no. have to take a chance. Yeah. And now, recently, it hasn't worked. So, no. um, I'm being made to move, which is not great. But hey, look, I still get the job done, and that's the main thing. Um, exactly. but look, listen, enough about my lack of fitness because everyone's going to see that now on Sunday, so you don't have to worry about that talking about that for too much longer, coach. Before we get into 2023, let's have a chat about 2022. Um, difficult season, not just for you know, uh, team personally, probably from a lot of teams league wide, but we sort of felt the, the pinch a little bit here with the first season just coming out of COVID. But sort of your own sort of brief overview of how you, you felt the 2022 season went. Yeah, absolutely. A difficult season uh, is an understatement. Um, It reminded me a lot of um, our first season and a half, maybe, when we we first formed, um, when numbers were low, people were uh, having to play in multiple positions and um, numbers at training weren't what they needed to be. So we weren't able to execute proper schemes, go up 11 on 11 or even eight on eight at, at times was was a struggle. So last year, um, coming out of COVID, that really affected us um, majorly. We lost, I think it was about 12 players um, at the end of the last season we played football to the start of um, the season last year. And basically, we had a quick turnaround between, right lads, you now have the opportunity to play football and to get ourselves sorted. So it was really against us from the, the get-go, whereas the, the Northern teams had a bit more leeway with regards to restrictions that were in place up there and um, them being able to take part in the Donaghy Cup um, meant that football was fresh and they were able to go out, recruit and plan and um, put together um, some really good squads 
and played some really good football last year. Unfortunately for us, um, just the nature of the beast, um, COVID down here was still quite rampant and um, there was a bit of concern from some of our, our guys. And as such, we, we struggled with numbers. Um, I think our saving grace was um, the Bulldogs, Meat Bulldogs being in the same boat as us last year. And um, I think we were blessed to, to get down about four or five of those guys to just um, bump up the, the numbers that we had. I think that's a good point as well. It's, it's a good juxtaposition of what a, what a really tough season can do. So, yeah, we didn't get to finish the season like we hoped. And I think we played a couple of competitive games when we did have players. There was a couple that then got away from us or that we, we had to claw ourselves back into and kind of stop the floodgates a little bit. But when you look at the alternative, and that is unfortunately where the, the Mead Bulldogs are at at the moment, they're not necessarily completely dead, never say never. But the fact that the team ceased to play completely uh, and most of the players came and joined us I think it's it's worth bearing in mind when look it's hard for us coach me and Ryan have been around since the very early days of the Pirates we remember what it was like in those first seasons so for us a tough year of football is always better than no football at all and when, and when you see teams starting to fold and really struggle teams much bigger than us yeah okay it was disappointing for us the guys on the committee, even the league, I'd say, was disappointed. They're trying to show that the teams are are strong and can compete week in and week out and try and build the brand recently in the last couple of years. So it helps when teams can stay alive and people can get used to seeing names popping up on, on Instagram. So I think that's if there was any silver lining to take out of it, it was there was a couple of rookies that got blooded in. And I think the alternative uh, to not being able to play any games was probably that that the future of the club would really be in question and I think we managed to make it through last year really well so for me that was the big the big thing to take away absolutely yeah, absolutely yeah sorry Rick. you mentioned go on now Fionn mentioned the rookies there it wasn't even like we had a weak uh rookie class that year I think no. we had what six rookies which is pretty much on par for what we've had our entire um history of the club so it's not even like we had. It just goes to show how much that pandemic affected the numbers in the club. Uh, so, yeah, look, moving forward, we have another strong rookie class coming in this year and everything is looking up, as Fionn said. Mm. But just going back to, to last season, when we did um, compete in games, we were there or thereabouts. We were very unfortunate with injuries. And with our, our low numbers as it was, those injuries really killed us. You know, there wasn't a game where we didn't have a at least one serious injury. And uh, it just goes to show that um, depth in the squad makes all the difference, especially when you have Patrick Byrne having to play running back uh, when he can barely run five yards down the field. We love you really, Paddy. How many time? How many uh, name drops did you promise, Paddy, in this show now tonight? Um, just two, just two, just two. Okay, just two. all right. I'm gonna. I'll, bet, I'll be honest I'm with bet, you. I don't I'm, think he listens. I'm to the over. All. He doesn't. <laughs> no. Sure, he barely listens to me at training, let alone come on and listen to me talk about him. Exactly. That's true. That's true. But look, that's the young coach mentality. You're you're the vet veteran coach. You have to. Oh, absolutely. You know, put yeah. You know, you got to put him score, put him right. 
you did a little bit on Sunday as well. I think you scared the life out of him a little bit. <laughs> He didn't listen to me as he, when he was a player. He's hardly going to start now as a coach. <laughs> but like, like that, you're not just a coach. You're obviously the founder of the club as well. And for anyone that doesn't know, like, tell us a little bit about your sort of um, history with American football in Ireland. How long is the show again? <laughs> so basically um, back in the early 2000s um, I lived in San Francisco for a while um, playing semi-pro soccer and um, one of the perks of living out there was being immersed in the football culture over there and I was blessed that um, after winning um, one of the in, uh, the Californian Cups we ended up going to one of the open training camps for the San Francisco 49ers. And um, that just started my love affair with, with American football. Um, so much so that on one of the days walking home from one of the games, I found a, a broken down TV on the side of the road and uh, we got it. It was black and white, but we got it working and we got to see all of the, the uh, preseason games that year on this little, uh, no bigger than a laptop screen in black and white, but just a straight up love affair. So I came home, found a team called uh, the North Dublin Marshals and uh, went training with them in the Phoenix Park. Got my start as a solid six foot four, 180 pound left tackle. And uh, yeah, just loved it from, from there. Unfortunately, um, work got in the way and I, I stepped away from the, the game for a number of years. And throughout that time, the, the kind of lay of the land of teams in, across the, the country had, had majorly changed. Um, and it wasn't until um, 2011 when I got married that uh, my wife's cousin, was part of a, a team up in Drogheda. She was their sports therapist. And she said, oh, I remember you saying that you liked American football. You should come down. So it's only a few minutes down the road for me. So up I went um, and played a, a couple of seasons there um, and then got my feet wet with coaching their uh, youth team. Um, we took part in the first ever youth blitz up in Craig Avon with us, the Cowboys and... For the love of me, I can't uh, think of who the other team was, but um, that was a, a real good learning experience. And then obviously there were a few issues um, inside the club and that resulted in the Loud Mavericks being, being formed. And um, so I took on a, a role behind the scenes on the committee. And also I, I stepped up to take on a more... Um, prominent role on the, the coaching staff. And then unfortunately, I ended up um, being the head coach by default. And uh, again, similar to how some of the clubs have been since COVID, we didn't get the numbers at training. So made the, the hard decision to, uh, to follow the club. So uh, then my footballing journey took me to uh, up to Derry and to our good friends up at the, the Vipers and um, helped them out their, their first year. 
um, took some nice early morning three hour drives up from from the house up to to Derry to help with uh, training and uh, go to some of their games. So um, they kind of maintained my appetite and and love for the sport in the in the country. So then myself and uh, Fergal Waters, um, an ex uh, teammate of mine at Drogheda Lightning, we decided that we'd um, start our own team. And we moved further south um, from Drogheda down to North County, Dublin, in and around the Swords area. And that's where I met these two Malloy boys and uh, two of the original OGs. Um, we've just built on it from there. I, f- I totally forgot you used to coach up in Derry. Like, that's just, or Donegal even, that's just yeah. an outrageous trek just to do a bit of training. Yeah. It's it's crazy. But that just goes to, to show the uh, the passion I have for the, the sport, especially in, in this country. Um, so a couple of years ago, I was even on the, the AFI board um, and I was one of the um, champions for Division 2 and um, making sure that new teams and developing teams had the opportunity to um, to play at a level that they were comfortable with to help them build as a club and develop um, their squads and their styles of play without being um, given drubbins every week. And, and it becomes very disheartening when you lose week in, week out by big scores against the more established and, and well-drilled teams. So um, that was one of the, the main things that's um, on the board that I, I championed for. Um, and uh, a couple of other um, new team initiatives as, as well. So quite quite proud of my input on the on the board, and I've always been a, a sounding board for them as well. Um, with the last year, um, with the league trying to restructure again to ensure football was played, um, with the amount of forfeits that were that took place last year. Ourselves, the Eagles, Trinity, um, you know, and then with the the cost of living crisis that we were very much in the midst of just before Christmas and coming out the well, not so much coming out of it, but still, still within it. Um, I championed still for a division two because at the end of the day. It wasn't, we didn't forfeit um, due to, to costs. Like we still could have made um, the journeys up to up to, to Belfast, up to um, to the Mavericks, whatever. We I think we had to, to forfeit two home games as well, which were on our doorstep. Um, so, you know, I, at the end of the day, we... Um, we we felt that we we still needed um, the division two and to to future proof it as well for any new teams coming in um, and to maintain the integrity of of the the league while still building um, the brand of AFI. Well, look, it looks it's like all, it's certainly. It's so... Go, Ryan. 
it looks like it certainly worked because we saw the scoreline of the game last week between Trinity, who have dropped down from Division 1, versus the Giants, who are always in Division 2. And that looked to be a very tight game. So it mm-hmm. looks like this initiative of having this Division 2, where teams can grow and develop, has paid off. Um, obviously, it's early days yet. But um, yeah, it's looking very much like uh, we're going to have a very competitive division down in Division 2. Absolutely. And um, when you think about it... Um... Both teams had similar squad sizes. Um, and I think one of the, the main issues Trinity had last year was maintaining that squad size um, after exams. So um, for them to to make a, a start um, with decent numbers is, is positive for them and for, um, for this division as well. So it's so important as well, especially when you're trying to grow a league and new teams are joining it's so strange to have teams in good financial standing that, that just can't get the players. And it's important to have that kind of uh, Petri dish, I guess, to let, to let those teams grow that are stable. They just need to, a chance to get the numbers in and, and find a way to claw through and, and scrape games together. Sure. There might be a little bit more games postponed or, or canceled than maybe also the league would like. Obviously we'd love everybody to play, but you need to you need to give them that chance, especially when the yeah. finances are good. Normally, that's the killer for teams where you've got enough bodies and just not enough guys paying subs or poor management to the funds, and it yeah. just becomes untenable. Here, you've got good committees, good teams, good management of the teams, and it's just about giving them time. It's up. It's a small sport. It's competing against a lot of very popular sports, especially for us here in North Dublin. It's a big soccer area. It's a big yeah. guy area as well. Uh, and there's a little bit of rugby too. So there's a lot of sports you have to compete with to try and get these guys, never mind the athletes, just to yeah. just to capture people's attention. That's so a, I exactly think it's really it. important that, to have that ability for small teams to play, maybe have to forfeit a game here or two, but to, to be in there and just constantly turn over, just give them a chance to the next year, let's get three more players. Next year, let's get three more players. And all of a sudden, then you start growing and being able to, like you've seen uh, with your work on the committee, and we, we saw it come into place this year where uh, the Razorback and the Jets have been kind of promoted up once they saw that the the numbers were looking healthy and the finances were looking good. So it's not only important to have our league, I feel like the Division 2, but also to actively be probing and testing to try and get those teams into Division 1 or into a a little bit of a wider, bigger pool where the, the difficulty maybe comes up a step, but then so does the the enthusiasm and the encouragement because you see the teams progressing as well. So I have to say, I think there's a, there's always plenty of voices about how a league should be run and who should be running the AFI and what they should or shouldn't be doing. But I don't think any, anyone can take away the structure that they brought. There was a lot of debate, but I think they landed on a great structure for this year and the years to come. And I think we're going to see a lot of teams grow. Hopefully we see a lot of new teams as well, because we haven't really had a fully formed new team for a while now. No, that's true. Um, yeah, no, the, the structure that uh, they landed on, I think, really helps um, the teams that um, forfeited last year. Um, unfortunately, the, the Giants, due to a reschedule, had to forfeit a game through their no fault of their own. Um, but as you said, everybody else that, that made the, the step up to Division 1, the Jets and the, the Razorbacks, have done great work um, behind the scenes, 
you know, it's a credit to, to both sets of committees. They've done some great recruitment. They've done some great social media work um, and, you know, some some really good coaching um, decisions on, on, from both teams, you know. Um, and Division 1 is, is not going to be as cut and dry as, as many people think, you know. Um, that's going to be um, another exciting division as well. What about, that's more good. importantly, that's Coach, sure. what do you make of the... Uh, let's say the beginnings of a rivalry starting to appear where now all of a sudden you've got, as you said, I think you kind of alluded to it a little bit tongue in cheek where the recruitment of some of these Northern Ireland teams implies some players switching from one team to the other as seasons go along and how that can drive a bit of extra intensity maybe in these games. Do you see that uh, becoming a thing? Have you got a challenger in mind for us? Have you got your eye on one particular team this season that you want to create a little bit of a rivalry, a little bit of a banter going on. Maybe Trinity, they are our literal in-house neighbours, our roommates. Yeah. We're, we're, we're like the Giants and the Jets with them. Sorry, as in the New York Giants and the New York Jets playing at, at Meadowlands. No, but um, I wasn't really alluding to players um, transferring teams because we've had that for, for years. Mm. Um, it, whether it's at SBC level, Division 1 or even Division 2. You know, people want to, to play where, one, they'll feel appreciated and not saying that they weren't appreciated at their previous clubs, but they may not have gotten the game time that they felt that they deserved or they didn't believe in their scheme that they were in or they just had other friends that made the trip and they said, do you know what? I just want to play football. I'll play with my friends up at this club instead. You so know. essentially, you're you're implying that they're all glory hunters, and that the only reason they're changing teams is to try and win more games and brag about it on social media. Is that can we can we put that on the headlines tomorrow? You can quote me on that. <laughs> no, but in in fairness, some of the the recruitment that's that's gone on, um, I'm, let's call out the the Razorbacks. It's like they're they're putting together their own little dream team up there with some of the the signings um, that they've made, and the guys that have have gone, um, the veteran experienced guys that have gone and um, played with the the Razorbacks for this season are quality, talented players. But then on the flip side of that, they have done some great recruitment outside, and their rookie class is looking great as well. So it's not just a case of glory hunting. You know, these guys can um, can see what um, these clubs and committees are doing and they want to be a part of that. So especially in the, the Jets and the, the Razorbacks, and I know I'm calling them out, but I've had really good relationships with, with them um, in the past. Both of those um, programs have done really great work, um, especially the, the Razorbacks since... Suntan has has taken over there. Um, everything has been ramped up from um, social media, their actual recruitment, um, their Super Bowl party and their puppy bowl. You know, these are the things that engage people um, and entice them into the club. And I think um, we've done some great work this year from a social media point of view, thanks to... Wait that man right there in that corner. Um, you know, 
our social media has has completely ramped up since he's taken taken over and it's it's shown on a Sunday at training um with the rookie class that we have I think we're sitting at nine or ten rookies brand new rookies never played the sport before and because oh yeah I saw your Instagram post or I saw this I saw your stories somebody showed this to me or I showed this to my friend and uh, they said they'd come down and they have and they've stayed they've enjoyed it they've loved it and that's really what um as a, a club especially after the season we had last year it's it's what's really needed year in year out like the statistic is for every one player you re- retain as a rookie either from rookie camps or uh, recruitment drives you'll lose nine so one in ten players will stay so if you can um capture as you said three players each year you're doing well and maintain and retain the the veteran players that you have year in year out you'll build a, a quality quality squad but this year with nine or ten ten rookies plus five veteran players experienced players that have have joined the ranks as well that's really putting us in a a really healthy position to to compete against the what we would have classed as a, a more established squad and um, the likes of the trinities who have years of experience coach drake has them well drilled and they have a good coaching structure there as well and um, the guys up in uh, causeway their new head coach uh, coming with a wealth of experience from uh, Baffa and then our buddies down in uh, Wexford um, coach class we all know what a gentleman he is well drilled um, outfit down there and the lads will bleed and give everything they have for for that man and uh, I'm just looking forward to it I can't can't wait very diplomatic Let's have answer there thanks that's all the years of uh, my media experience coming coming through there that's a that's looking at a career in politics after you've finished coaching well you'd be surprised how many people in work tell me that <laughs> um let's actually have a focus then on the game on sunday of course eagles at home um only played them once before and um, this was before my time as well this was i think was it your first the first year of the team the very first the game was against the it's Eagles. The very first game, yeah. Down yeah. against Wexford. But we've played them in Malahide twice. Twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we didn't play them away a, a second time. So I think it's three three um three games against them at at this point. Um but yeah, no, that first game um where we traveled with sixteen and uh I'd say that, that was some of the the best football I've seen in that first half, and then it was like Bobby Boucher coming out of the, at halftime when I suited up and uh, took over when we kind of lost. Uh, did we lose two QBs at that point? You were playing tight end at that point, weren't you, Ray? That in fact, that's the only game of my career that I missed. I was out with an angle injury for the first oh, game of the right. season, and I haven't missed a game since. So. Yeah. Touch wood. Yeah. But unfortunately, um, injuries took their, their toll. And uh, I think we had to forfeit in, in the, the fourth quarter. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, Big Bear. Um, he got an injury and I had no um, other subs to put in. Um, me being a completely novice head coach, didn't realize I could have taken a timeout and uh, he could have then played the next snap and we could have potentially have finished the game. But hey, if a shoulda, woulda, coulda, all that jazz, you know, but um, it was a, a really um, well-fought game and uh, we got our first touchdown in our first game. Um, Oshin with a lovely uh, quick, quick out and into the end zone he went. Um, hey, I think we we left that field, um, even though we've been beaten, and it wasn't too bad of a, a scoreline. I think it was mid twenties. Um, yeah, my recollection is twenty two eight. Yeah, I something like that. that. Um, and you know, and every game we played that season, regardless of the score, you know, everybody left with their head held high and. Huge big smiles on their faces, and oh, that's great. Can we do it again later? You know, and that's the the kind of mentality we have in the, at this club. You know, win, lose, or draw. You know, uh, and we've we've drawn a couple. That nil all uh, against the the Bulldogs a couple of years ago. How many many times were we inside my that? First, my first ever game, actually. That I remember. Yeah. That was my day. Uh, poor Cece. Um, I wasn't. He just sure. could not drive it into that that end zone. But hey. You know, each game we play, we play with a smile. We play with a, a a confidence that regardless of the score, we'll come out, we'll have given everything and, um, you know, just enjoy it. You know, we're not a, a win-at-all-cost team. Not saying that anybody in this league is, but, damn, it's, it's great fun to be out there. Yeah, and looking at... Outside of the game, the, the the bigger picture, the whole season. You mentioned the rookies that have come in. You meant the vet, veteran players that have come in. You know what what would be the expectations in your eyes now for this team this year? Are you? Oh, we're winning it all, baby! All game, are you? Just win, baby! Winning it all. No. Um, <laughs> after the season we had, um, this season was all about establishing ourselves back to pre-COVID. Um, levels of, of squad levels of competition and um, that kind of not quality of play but nailing the fundamentals, the basics and building on that um, year in, year out and I think we're in a position already without having played a game that we were prior to, to COVID and uh, everything going the way it did um, and from this current season to last season, it's night and day. You know, being able um, to have those numbers at training, being able to split into specific positional groups, being able to run uh, 11 on 11 scrimmages just makes all the difference. And as a, a head coach, it, it makes things so much easier for me to, to plan with regards to training sessions when you have those numbers. You're able then to, to work on so much um, throughout each session that you wouldn't have been able to if you had 12 or 13 guys because you've got linemen running uh, routes with the wide receivers because you have two linemen and eight receivers and one quarterback, you know. 
but these are the things you you need to do as a head coach and um, think on the fly, just to make sure that you are getting the the most out of each session that you you run. So I think for us this year, we've I think we've done it so far. We've established ourselves to where we we need to be. We've put in the in the work at at um in the preseason and going forward, regardless of, of results, if we're competitive in, in these games, it'll be um a really big step for for the club. Um but as I said, from what I've seen as um at training and um, with the recruitment we've done, the the buy-in from all of the players and the mentality of the the play, players that we have on the squad, um, I think will compete. And as we said earlier, Division Two is um, looking to be quite competitive. So for us to to be in the mix, we can uh, definitely we definitely have our eyes set on a a bowl um, place at the end of the season. Yeah, I think I think a lot of a coach is going to be betting in that uh, the rookies, right? And we saw it in our first few seasons where, yeah, there's a lot of high scores on the other side of the of the other side of the the pitch, but it's about getting those rookies in and how quickly when they're forced to play a lot of football and kind of be out there and just see things over and over. Like if if some of the more experienced teams we played in in those first years were were really good and they, they could kind of focus on what we couldn't defend. And you yeah. kind of see that same thing over and over. And it, it really does build in that memory and some kind of, re, uh, how would you say, it? like a really steep learning curve, a really mm. thrown into the fire. for That's these it, sink or swim. Really get an under- yeah, exactly. To try and get a really understanding of how the game works. What can I do? How, how do I figure out what the other team is trying to do to us, either on the offense or the mm. defensive side of the ball? So I think... I, I know we're agreed on this, but I think that's going to be a big thing for us this year is yeah. as much as we can stay competitive, stay playing good football and get the rookies involved. We don't want them sitting on the bench, getting in at, at special teams. We believe here of getting the rookies in, getting them blooded in, let them see what a real game feels like real game speed, because there's no better way to learn. And there's nothing that kind of sharpens your instincts more than a, Dara running down the field by accident trying to flatten a <laughs> cornerback. That cornerback learns pretty quick. Just go around him. Don't try and go through him. Just go around him. It'll take you a while, but you'll get there eventually. Eventually. But as you said, um, the rookie class that we have in are switched on and they're asking the right questions. Um, and they're not afraid to ask those questions, which is a huge thing as a head coach. You know, always be open for asking the questions, being coached. And I have to say, all of the guys that we have, not even the, the rookies, even some of the experienced vets have been in touch asking for, well, how do I do this better? And that that's great. Everybody is, is buying in and wants to improve. We don't have um, a team of uh, NFL star, uh, quality players. We have guys who what are, are you talking about? privileged of, of playing. You're more what? CFL. Please, I'm XFL, if anything. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so 
it's it, as you said, it'll be a baptism of fire for the guys going up against somebody who's not in the the same color jersey as them. And um, once they get that first hit, they'll either love it or they won't. And that's yeah, that's that's really it. That's what I always say. The most the most difficult snap of your career is the first snap of your career, and it all gets easier from there. So uh, once they get that under their belt, we have some scary talent in that rookie class who are going to cause some problems for some people uh, throughout the year. Yeah, yeah, I fully agree with that because I think my first snap was Jake, who's now on air team, played with the Bulldogs on the offensive line, <laughs> and he threw me on my ass on my on the first play. Yeah. And that's that was the sink or swim moment. That was a, do do I really want to play this game? Well, I guess I stuck it out for a little longer, just a little bit, just a little, yeah, just a little bit. But yeah, that's that's really it. You know, once you get your your feet wet, first couple of snaps, that's it. You're either hooked or you're not. And from the the rookies that we've had down, you know these these boys have got some serious talent some serious talent and it's just going to be fun to watch i'm just jealous that i i can't be out there which is that was going to be a question towards the end so we'll ask it now is it is it for definite yeah it's for definite Although I can still He's do a 65 job. 65 years old, Derry. 65 years old. Surely you can't play. He just called us to start watching much. American football in black and white. Yeah. Well, look. Yeah. The there you go. Tom, Tom Brady can't stay retired. Why can't Coach Neville not mm. stay retired, eh? You can take that off with me, Mrs. <laughs> Could you imagine? Uh, yeah. I think Dara has more a of a chance of talking his missus into playing than he does. Well, she's more than welcome. Absolutely, she's more than welcome. We are an equal opportunity uh, club. If uh, we have any female listeners that are interested in playing, you are absolutely more than welcome to come down. There was always a, a position on the, the squad for, for anybody, regardless of uh, gender, ability, size, height sure we have um re at starting qb here so anything's possible <laughs> and that's that's not just it's important to note that as well because that's not just something we say we we've played against last season we played against more than one i believe two or three women were on the on the team so it's not absolutely. only possible it's encouraged and if you do show up we'll we'll do our absolute best to get you prepped get you comfortable slot Correct. you in and make sure you're enjoying yourself and Get you fully involved, fully immersed, because there's no there's no different leagues, there's no separation. It's a it's a unisex sport, it's a unisex league in Ireland. So if you are interested at all, come on down. Even if you want to just have a look one week, just just dip your toe in the water. We'll absolutely, absolutely. accommodate that and and try. We'll and put you through your paces. If hey, if you we'll can make it through the warm up, Dareth can't even. You'd be way ahead of the curve. But the only, the only thing you have to do is. The only thing well, you have to do on our team is if we don't have a beep test, we have a Dara test. If you can run 10 yeah. yards faster than Dara, then you get to stay. It's not particularly difficult, but we had to put a line somewhere and we chose that. Hey, hold on a second. My 40 time at the weekend was quite reasonable, all right? Hang on. Not I had the sundial out and it was still and... going. I didn't say it was let's, great. Let's I said not it was talk reasonable. about 40 times. Let's not talk about 40 times. <laughs> but just, just to finish um, that point about women in sport, 
if um, any of your listeners are interested in playing in uh, football, not necessarily contact, we do have the, the flag team that's going to be uh, back up and running um, towards the end of the year from the summer, um, which is uh, mixed as well. So if they're not interested in Kizid, but do like the sport, they're absolutely more than welcome to come down um, for flag as well. So we had three players, three females, when we played flag two years ago, three years ago. I think so. I think it was two, at least. Head coach, do you remember? Uh, a... Oh, I don't, actually, to be honest. <laughs> Too many concussions. <laughs> yeah. From flag. <laughs> yeah. They were... Um... Oh, I do, I do. Yes, yeah. we did. We definitely have two. I think we might have had three. You're absolutely right. Yes, it was yeah. a, a, a Roya. Um, yeah. Uh, was it Amelia? Something think... along those lines. Yeah, we won't, yeah. Uh, we won't put any Mal- false information out there. Us Malloys are genetically predisposed to not remembering names. So, uh, yeah, there's no way he remembered. Uh, yeah, it's not a good time to have a huge rookie class. I have to tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> Well, all named Luke as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, we have Luke, and we have reasonably sized Luke. Because he, he um, wouldn't allow me to call him uh, Little Luke, so yeah. we had to give him a decent nickname. But well, they, still won't, they still won't beat your nicknames from year one, Riri and Fifi. Mine's still around. Yeah, you have a decent one. Nickname. Yeah. Uh, I did not accept mine. That was absolutely never used. I want to point that out. It was mm-hmm. you tried to get it to stick, and he couldn't. Not a single player on that team called me by that. Riri insisted to be called like that. We'll never really know why, but there you go. That was his. It decision. was because Coach couldn't fucking pronounce my name when I first no. showed up. <laughs> Ryan, Rian, Rian, Ryan, Rin. Rin. Yeah, Rin. No. Riri. Yeah, so. That'll do. Yeah, so we got well, CC you know, out of it as well, and his name is Connor. And the yeah, elusive true. third Malloy Coco, he he was around oh, yeah. for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then the the journalist fourth um, didn't stick around, so he no. didn't get a, a a nickname. So he gave one out, Jake Woolshed. Yeah. <laughs> Woolhead, Woolhead, not Woolshed. Woodhead, like Danny, the running back. Yeah. But, hey. Right, coach. Two more questions, and then we're going to wrap it up. First of all, what, uh, without giving too much away, obviously, what um, area of the team are we looking forward to most this season, and why is it defensive line? I was waiting for that. You, you just because <laughs> of the conversations we've had over the the course of the preseason, you've just been waiting for me to, to come on and say yes. But yes, it's the only it's, it's the only reason I brought you on today. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, our defense this year looks scary good, and I think the new defensive scheme really highlights the talent that we have on the defensive side of the ball. I think last year we had the pieces, but just not fitting correctly in the jigsaw. This year with the new scheme. I think we're going to cause a lot of problems. And then with, yes, I will admit it, I'm really looking forward to what the D-line can do this year. But not you. Because I know what you can do. 
it's it's these these rookies which is are, not a lot oh no no you you you, you plug up definitely get in the way he can definitely get yeah. in the way isn't that all no. you want for a defensive lineman absolutely get in the way get in the way but you know um the the rotation on the defensive line um that we have going into this first game is is scary good and i'm really looking forward to to seeing what what the guys can do yeah, as a quarterback, I 100% agree because I need to go up against them week in, week out of training, and it is a nightmare. So, um, yeah, looking forward to see what they can do against somebody else. That's not me. Exactly. And when you think about it, the amount of, even when we tell them, no touching the, the quarterback, yet they're still still there, right in your face, not allowing you to, to do anything. It's, it's just phenomenal what what these guys can do. Just let you know we're there. That's all. <laughs> That's all. Um, and then you. finally, yeah. <laughs> well, look, I'm not the tallest guy. Sometimes he can't see me. I just have to let him know. <laughs> <laughs> um, especially if I, especially if you have me going up against Keith when he's all the way up there. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, then finally, little quick prediction. I don't know if you know much about the other teams or not, but quick prediction, Division 2, Division 1, SBC, who do you think is taking them this year? You don't Ooh. have to be diplomatic about Division 2 either. You can say us, it's fine. Okay. SBC, I think it's a toss-up between the the Rebels and UCD, um, but I have the Rebels um, sneaking that one. Um haven't heard much out of um, Belfast, which I don't know if that worries me as a, a, a Trojans fan or if I'd be excited as a Trojans fan because there's very little um, coming out from up there. So it's either going to be scary good or uh, another rebuilding year. Um, but again, they've done some good work up there. But I, for, for me, I... I can't look past um, the Rebels and with um, the few additions that they've made this year, especially Evan Allen, um, another class class player um, transferred from the Panthers. He's he's a, a serious addition to that um, defensive front. Um, now, Division 1, that's up in the air as well. Like there's... Um, there's so many good teams. They're all on the on that level, you know. Um, the Rhinos had uh, a number of injuries um, sustained against the the Trojans in in their preseason friendly. Um, the Vikings are a very young team, um, and they put up some some good um, plays against a, a well established Rhinos team. Then you've got the Crusaders. Um, really putting it up to the to the vipers and um, again they've always been a really good high scoring team and very fun to watch and then you've got the um the vipers are in a bit of a rebuild um as well then you've got the the jets and the the razorbacks so that's really a a, a difficult one to um to call if i'm sticking my neck out i'm gonna go crusaders and that's kind of really um, 
could be seen as quite controversial for quite a few, but I think um, the new coaching structure that they have, um, Robbie Ty has um, unretired yet again, and um, he's doing a job for them again. And, you know, with the talent that they have on, on both sides of the ball as well, um, they'll be a tough unit to, to beat this year. And then there's ourselves, the Eagles, Trinity and the Giants. Any one of us could could do the, the business. Um, if it's not us, I think um, our opponents on Sunday, the Eagles, will be there or thereabouts. Um, as I said earlier at the beginning of the show, Coach Class has uh, a history of having very well-organized and well-drilled teams. Um, and as I said, he's he's a gentleman. So you will go out there with half a leg hanging off, blood dripping down your face just because he's asked you to. And that's the, the kind of mentality his players have um, when they go out on the field. And that's very tough to, to go up against. Um, I know all my guys will do the exact same. So it'll be uh, an Eagles-Pirates Division 2 bowl game um, with the, the Pirates coming out on top, obviously. Boys, I'll ask you the same question actually before we wrap it up because we never sort of really gave predictions for it. Um, Reen, I'll start with you first. Three divisions, who you think is are taking them? I'll be honest with you, Dara. I don't know who's in the divisions. I know Division <laughs> Two, and I know the only Division <laughs> Two. Um, but yeah, look, I know who's at the top in division or in the Shamrock Bowl just purely based on last season. I know the Rebels kept a lot of their players and I know UCD kept a lot of their players. Um, I'm going to go with UCD again. We saw a similar thing last season where the Rebels beat them in the regular season, but the uh, UCD came back and beat them in the bowl game. So I'm predicting something similar there. Um, I think I have to go along with Coach in terms of Division 1. The Kildare Crusaders look like a very strong unit this year. I was surprised when that scoreline went up against the um, the Vipers and they really only let the Vipers into the game very late in that one. I think it was mm. fourth quarter by the time they scored any points at all. So they were probably uh, onto kind of their, their rookie class at that stage or maybe some of their lesser experienced players. So yeah, they look like a really strong unit. And then of course from Division 2, I'm looking no further than the North Dublin Pirates. Yeah, I think uh, there's a team emerging here. Obviously, most of Ireland seems to have uh, a pretty good power structure in their head at the moment. I'm actually going to go against the lads. I do agree that based on last year, uh, and I think that the league is doing a, a brilliant job at the moment of making sure that the leagues and the, the scores and everything are very well publicized. There's ourselves doing it. There's a lot of other shows doing it. I think that's going to be great for the sport and give a bit of continuity and context and because uh, it can be quite staggered from, from team to team. They don't always play every week. So to give that kind of continuity of a season, I do think in the end, it's going to be UCD Rebels again this year. My mind might change as we see everybody kind of get a first round of games in, but yeah. I actually, I'm going to lean towards the Rebels. I think they uh, it was a close game against UCD from, for the most part, and they pulled out right at the end. I think the Rebels, if I remember right, they didn't have the best start last season. So having a good start this season is going to, uh, bode well for them. I think they're keeping the momentum going from the end of last season, so that's why I'm going to leave with them. On the Division 1, I'm going to go the same as the lads. I We've played the Crusaders. They're a very good outfit. 
we've played the the Vipers as well. I always held them to a very high standard. So mm. seeing that score come in on the weekend definitely makes me lean towards the Crusaders. I will say I fancy the Razorbacks and the Jets to beat a Division One perennial team, like one of the guys that were there last year. I think it's a very close division. I think there's plenty of wins for all the teams there. There's plenty to fight for. And again, in ours, we're obviously going to go to Pirates. And I think I'm going to lean with coach as well. There's a lot, there's a lot of unknowns, but the reality is if the if the Wexford Eagles can get some of the players together that they had last year, keep their continuity going, keep a squad together. Not necessarily as as coach said, it won't be a question of the players playing for Coach Clatt is can they keep enough healthy bodies in the game to be able to finish out some games. I think they've got a lot of experience that maybe some of the other teams, Trinity as well, but we I want to see them make it all the way through a season with a consistent squad. So in second, I'm going to go with the Eagles as well for, for Division 2. I just hope everyone has a good time. <laughs> I just hope everyone smiles. <laughs> everyone just has fun. Is that what it is? Yeah, for sure. Yes, yes, yes. Fuck them, John. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... Shout out, Adam. We're on to yeah, you. Show Adam, yeah. <laughs> Adam's a fat ass. Um, Premier Division. He's never I'm on the show to defend a... himself anyway, so it's grand. Sorry, there. Go on. Give us your predictions. No one gives a shot. <laughs> you know how you said you didn't think you're surprised I haven't fired you yet? You know it's coming, right? Yeah. <laughs> Go on then. Hurry up. Watch this I'm be the only bit that gets the... and put up on the socials. Well, here, look, listen, when you learn to uh, edit videos, you can put your clips on, right? How about that? <laughs> All right. My, right, my I'm trying to curve ball in. Money, Dara. Oh, is it? Nothing? Yeah. 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 Well, this is it. You, you got you to gotta nurse that uh, that poor little hammy of yours. Is that what it is? Live, live free, live happy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Premier Division. Trying to curve ball. I'm actually going to go with the Trojans this year. I've kind of followed their off-season. They kind of got, they were kind of getting stuff right towards the end of last season. They've had a good off-season by the looks of it. And obviously it's hard to say without actually seeing them play a, a competitive game. I know mm. they had that uh, friendly against the, the Rhinos a couple of weeks ago and they, they won that handily enough. Um, Division 1, I'm going to go with the Vikings. They came very close last year. Obviously, losing in the in the ball game against the Minotaurs, um, like you said, they have a young squad. They have obviously being a college team, they have that nucleus of players coming in all the time, wanting to play and and stuff. And they can obviously keep um the veterans. And then Division Two, yeah, I can't not say us. Of course, I can't not say the Pirates have a chance. Obviously, all four teams have a chance. Mm. Um, the Eagles being an unknown is interesting. Obviously, we'll know after Sunday how strong they are. Um. Trinity as well, like you said, Fionn, is I hope that they can keep a consistent roster throughout the whole season. And not like when it normally happens where it comes to exam time and then they sort of lose a lot of players, which we obviously don't want, considering I think we played them twice after the exams are finished. So let's Last hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that. And obviously, like, the Giants are obviously going to be up there too because, you know, they have got... Um, a good squad. They've got a new head coach though, which will probably take time to bed in his new scheme and stuff. So maybe it might take a little long. Um, if that takes them out of contention, I don't know. But let's see. Obviously, we have them in the second game in a couple of weeks, so we'll find out how things are getting on there. But yeah, 
uh, Trojans, Vikings, and us, even though I've mentioned every other team has a chance, but I'm just going to say us. But you see, Dara, that's the thing. With Division 2, all four teams make the playoffs. One plays four, two plays three. So any given Sunday, you know, you could have the top two teams miss the final because they, they lost in the playoffs. And that's what's exciting about Division 2. It, it's not just, okay, we have only the, the six games. We actually have um, at least seven, if not an eighth game. And you could have the, the best record in the um, regular season and still miss the ball game. So that's exciting that it doesn't matter. You could go 0-6 and still make the ball game, which is crazy. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be fun. That's all I can say. I'm sure the AFI memes page would have a great time if someone went 0-6 and won the ball game on oh, that for won. sure. <laughs> <laughs> How are they getting promoted? The AF- um, AFI memes page would probably suggest we all go 0-6 and make the, make the ball game. <laughs> I don't think that's Listen, actually go- mathematically possible, Mr. Scientist. It doesn't matter. They'll, they, I think that's what they put their money on. Right. <laughs> Coach. Um, really appreciate the time you're taking to speak to us. Um, I know you only want to speak to us that one time on a Sunday, and you don't want to see our faces until the next Sunday. So we appreciate you, um, no you know, roughing it this uh, what was it Tuesday evening to talk to chat. Yeah, great to to talk football with you guys. As I said, um, I could. How long have you got? Because I could spend all all day and all night talking football. No, 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 no. We're done. We're done now. We're done. Oh, we're, now. We're done? Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. No, no. Right. No, no, no. But we, yeah, no. Thanks, our, thanks for having me Fionn's on. giving you us know. the nudge there. Yeah. Oh. Where's that hook? Fionn has... Fionn has his, uh, he has his Oscars playlist there and in, in music ready to play just to kind of like, you know, it's time. It's, it's like, time. You're finished now. You're finished. Yeah. Time to go. Well, look, listen, that's where we're going to end this edition of the show. Again, um, thanks, Coach, so much for taking the time. Reen and Fionn as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Been a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you more, Reen, than Fionn, especially on this week for this one, for sure. Um, you will see us again next week. Um, we'll, we'll have another show for you. Fionn might be on the show, might not be. We'll we'll find out. Um, if you are around the Santry area on Sunday, come down and watch the North Dublin Pirates play the Wexford Eagles at 1pm in the Trinity Sports Ground in, in Santry. That's in Santry Lane, just past uh, I think was it the Aldi, isn't it? It's not little. It's Aldi, Aldi on the yeah. on just, the main road, yeah. Just past the Aldi on the main road, you'll see us there. Um, we be great to get as much support as we can as possible as we start our 2023 season. But until next time, that's all we have for you. So stay safe, and we'll see you soon.